Welcome. Welcome. Today is February 6, 2022, and it is my pleasure and privilege to moderate this service this morning. Welcome for those of you who are joining us on the Zoom platform, those of you on Mixlr, those of you on YouTube, we welcome one and all. Thank you for joining us this morning. You had a choice, but you made the right one to be with us today. And as we usher in this new month of February, we want to thank God for that. We something we should not be taken lightly. And I'm so excited that we're able to partake today in another communion service today. So I just want to remind everyone to get your emblems ready whether it's your biscuit, your cookie, whatever it is, to symbolize the body of Christ that was broken for us. And your wine, your grape juice, whatever it is, get them ready for when we are going to partake in communion. So welcome again. This morning, our scripture is taken from 1 Peter, and that's 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 to 9, reading from the NLT version. And it reads, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. So I just want you this morning, I want all of us to be encouraged this morning to know that God has equipped us with the gifts, the talents, and different armors to guard against the devil. So, you know, the Bible tells us that we need to be sober. We need to be vigilant because the devil is busy. He's just waiting around the corner to just steal the track and destroy. And as people of God, we have to don the armor of God. We have to be able to stand against his wiles and his cunningness. Ephesians 6, remind, 11 to 18, reminds us that we have to don the different armor of God. We need to put on our helmet of salvation, our blessed plate of righteousness this morning. 
and we have to put on the belt of truth. Have the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, and then we have done the shoes, the gospel of peace. So this morning, I just wanted to remind you and myself that if we are not careful, if we do not stay vigilant, we will become victims. But that's not what God called us to be. He called us to be conquerors. And we just have to remember that he is so cunning the enemy is so cunning he always hits us at our achilles heel he always you know get us he's subtle about what he does and we just have to be mindful and stay steadfast in prayer and being in the right relationship with our savior so that when he comes, when he comes, we are ready. We are prepared. So remember, I just want to remind us the, this morning that God triumphed. He conquered. And he's just asking us to be courageous, to fight the battle against sin and the enemy. And I just wanted to remind you that we're not alone. And if we look at the historical, um, the historical facts of the Bible, we saw Daniel when he was in the lion's den, when he was to become the prey of the lion, God was there. God was there. When Lot, he rescued Lot from Sodom. And he also sent, when Peter was in jail, he, God, rescued Peter and made him, rescued Paul, I'm sorry, and made him ruler, right? And Peter was sent to deliver the message of salvation to the Gentile, to a Gentile stranger. So we've seen how over the centuries, how God has been faithful and how he has never, never left his people. So I just want to remind us this morning and for us to be encouraged as believers that once we stay steadfast and faithful and truthful to our God, that our God will have us triumph over evil. I want to offer a word of prayer this morning. Father, 
Abba Father, we thank you. Thank you for this day. We thank you for the privilege for your people to once again be able to congregate, to be able to fellowship with one another, Father God. Oh, what a privilege. And we should not take it for granted. Father God, today is February 6th, and I thank you for delivering us. I thank you for your grace and mercy that has made us come thus far. Many others have not made it, and it's not something that I want to take lightly. I just want to remind us that just by waking up every day, to see a new day dawning is a privilege and an honor. And Father, I thank you. So Father God, just partner with us this morning in our thanksgiving, praise, celebration of your goodness towards us, Father God. I pray against any distraction, any detraction, anything that's going to inhibit or be an obstacle. So Father God, I cancel them in the name of Jesus. Father God, please have your hand on every element of this worship service, Father God. Everything from the internet, the acoustics, the songs, the message, Father God, your hand, I ask your hand upon everything this morning. Father God, as we hear the message this morning, Father God, I ask that it be transformational, transformational for each and every one of us this morning. Let it touch hearts, let it soften hearts. Let our ears be open and receptive to what we hear so that it's something that we will demonstrate in our everyday lives as we go through. Father God, let it not be a one-time thing, but let it just be part and parcel of what we do. So Father God, I ask, that you just cover us, Father God, tabernacle with us and let leave no room for anything that is not of you, Father, in the name of Jesus. So, Father God, I invite, I usher in your awesome presence this morning. I thank you for being you, unchanging. The God of the earth and heavens. The God who answers prayers. The God who doesn't forsake us. And the God who is there to shelter us from the storms of life. So Father God, I invite, I invoke your holy presence with us 
In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. With this in mind, how great God is and how he has been so, so good to us. We continue to show God how much he means to us in our giving. So at this time, we want to offer our tithes and offering to God. So I welcome you this morning to look inside your heart and give willingly, give generously to God, to his kingdom work. You can give using the Zelle app, newhorizonmen at gmail.com, and that's all capital letters. Or you can use the phone number. It's 469-333-0397. You also can give using the Givelify app for New Life Horizon Church, and it's NLH, and it has that green leaf with the streak of red in it. So at this time, just open your hearts and to give willingly and generously for God's work. So I wanna declare this morning, Declare, make a declaration on this offering this morning. And it's coming from Malachi 3, verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. This is the only time that God says, test him says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. That makes me excited. I don't know about you, but just think of it. We put our resources, we put our finances, we put our money in a lot of things, but guess what? The return on the investment is not what we expect it to be. But I can tell you this morning that God is so, so good and he is so true and faithful that he does not make promises that he does not keep. So be encouraged. I thank you for sowing into the kingdom of God. I just want to pray over this offering and tithe, Father. So, Father God, I ask that you bless this offering. Father God, give us the wisdom, discernment to use this as you see fit, Father God, not to be, not to squander and to waste, Father God, but to use it in such a way, be diligent, be intentional, 
so that we can use it to bring people to you, to help those who are in need, Father God. And you, your name will be glorified. We thank you. Thank you for those who have given. And God, thank you. Going into the kingdom. At this time, I'd like to invite my sister Rifa to give us the announcements. Good this morning. Is... Good morning. Yes, ma'am. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning, NLH. Good morning, Mixilar. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Rifa. And I have three key, four key announcements this morning. But before I give the announcement or announcements, it is really my joy. It is my honor and it is my privilege to do this. But before I do it, I feel a little compelled. And Sister Tashina, if you would indulge me, if you would play that song one more time before I give the announcements. But I have a, a scripture that I'd like to leave with somebody. I don't know who, but I have a scripture for somebody this morning in Matthew 6. I'm not the preacher, please, please, please. Don't get up and leave. I'm not the preacher. But Matthew 6 and verse 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And that brought me in, 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 into my mind when Sister Laverne spoke about God asking us to test him. What is seeking first the kingdom of God? Is seeking God's will, the will of God we are seeking first. What is his righteousness? Righteousness is a state of being. Seek ye first the will of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Sister Tashina, if you would just indulge me, I don't know for anybody else, but please, ma'am, I'm asking you, today's not my birthday, but indulge me today and play that song one more time. It is his breath that we borrow for our lungs. So I borrow somebody's dress that can fit me. I have to be so nice to that person when I borrow their dress and I'm out there showing off with this dress that I borrow. Now the Lord has given us his breath in my lungs. Thank you, Sister Tashina, thank you. As I said, good morning again. Good morning, Mixelar. Good morning. Welcome to all visiting with us this morning. Welcome if you were not here for the first um, announcement. Welcome to you all. Welcome. Welcome. It is my joy, my privilege, a distinct honor to get to bring these four key announcements. And so the first announcement that I have is that as we continue in the study of Acts, we are continuing to learn victory over 
persecution. And if you're not persecuted yet, as I hear pastors say a lot of times, persecution is coming. If you've passed that season, then hooray. But if you did not have it, expect it, it is coming. And so as we are learning in lesson eight of this series, the question and answers is in lesson nine, victory over persecution. And our study class will be on Monday, February 7th, that's tomorrow, 7th February at 6 p.m. Eastern time and 7 p.m., sorry, 6 p.m. Central time and 7 p.m. Eastern time. We are on Zoom and so you can join us from anywhere you are. Our Zoom number is 584-033-6193. And our password is in all capital letters, N-L-H-P-R-A-Y-E-R. My second key announcement is that in February, we are doing the month, entire month of February, we are extending ourselves, asking God through prayer, praise and fasting. It is our corporate time that as we meet, it's on a Wednesday and this week it will be February 9th. We invite you to join us for the day of fasting culminating in prayer meeting between 6 and 7 p.m. Central Time and 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And this week's focus is the trip to Kenya, Missions 2022. So keep us in prayer as you fast. As I said, February 9th, between 6 to 7 Central, and seven to eight Eastern time. With the key focus this week is on Kenya 2022, the mission strip. And so the mission strip itself takes off from many airports on February 23rd. This year, it's here, almost here. And the mission has a, a goal that they wish to minister to the physical and spiritual needs of the people in Kenya. Last time they supplied Bibles in the native language of Swahili. This time we'll be adding the Alpha classes, arts and crafts, baking and different workshops. And there's a particular emphasis on the women. We are asking if you can get your friends and family involved in supplying $15 minimum, but there are multiples of $15 that you can give, which will be much need needed and used wisely, I promise you. But you can sell your funds to New Life Horizon Min at gmail.com, or you can use the number 469 
use whatever means, contact somebody who you know. If you're listening to us on Mixlr, call us 469-333-0397. My last but not least announcement is that NLH is more than a toddler. NLH has grown up to be four years old. And I remember when I had my children, and in particular, when I had my daughter, as a girl, I wanted to dress her up. But this year, we are going a little bit gentle on the fourth year. But we invite you this Sunday, February 13th, to come alongside with us and hear some of the highlights of the things that we have done. We crave your participation and you can invite someone to come and join us to hear how NLH has impacted your life, the life of somebody you know. Come along and join us. Because as we said before, it is his breath in our lungs. Let us come and celebrate four years it seems like a mighty long time, longer than four years. But this ministry has accomplished a lot in four years. Let's come and brag on our God. Let's brag on our Lord Jesus. What, where, what he has brought us through. So we thank you for listening to those four key announcements. And I have the great pleasure of handing over to Sister Laverne as she con continues to lead us in this time of worship. Continue to pray because we want a move. We need a move today. Sister Laverne. Thank you. Thank you for the announcement, Sister Rifa. Awesome job. Boy, the spin you put on it. If I wasn't, I mean, when I hear this, it would it propels me to want to be involved if I was not involved. So thank you for your obedience and thank you for making yourself available. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy, holy. Amen, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Holy. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Lord, you are holy. We magnify your name this morning and we lift you up. Hallelujah. At this time, it is my privilege to invite my sister Thamar as she comes to offer up a word of prayer. And this 
prayer is for none other than our esteemed pastor and leader of New Life Horizon Church. Please pray for her as she um, continues. She will be officiating this segment of our worship and thanksgiving service. So Sister Tamar, I invite you to come and pray for Pastor. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Laverne. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It is a lovely day. It is a wonderful day. It is always a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord. So I'm happy. I'm so happy to be here. So I, without further ado, let's go. I'll go ahead and lift uh, Pastor up in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. Father, words, words are not enough, mighty God. We don't have, we don't have the vocabulary, God. To tell you, Father, how wonderful you are, Father, how good you are, how merciful you are, Father God, how, how loving and kind you are to us. Father, we don't have the capacity to even understand, Father, before we can express, Lord, we can't even understand your magnitude, oh God, but we give you thanks, Father, that in your goodness, in your grace, in your mercy, Father, you remember us. You're mindful of us, Father, that, Lord, that you pursue us, Father, and you draw us unto you. Father, I lift up pastor before you this afternoon. And I, Father, I give you thanks for her life and I give you thanks for her ministry, oh God. I thank you, Father God, that as you have ministered to her, Father, and as you have drawn her onto yourself, Father God, she has extended herself, Father, to, to a community, Father, of people. And she, Father, has drawn people from all over onto you, oh God. Father, I pray, Lord, that as Pastor dedicates and commits her life to you continually, God, that you will enlarge her territory, Father. I pray, mighty God, that where she, Father, where she's tired, you will strengthen her. When she's tired, oh God, that you will give her strength. Father, that when she's discouraged, Father, that you will encourage her, oh God. I pray, mighty God, that as she continues to work tirelessly in your service, oh God, that you will enlarge her territory, Father God, that she, Father God, will see the blessings that you've added unto her labor, O oh God. And she will know, mighty God, that you are for her, that you are with her, that you are her God, O oh God. Father, she ministers to us this morning, Lord. I just pray, Father, that, Father, that your word will go forth with such power, mighty God, that all of our lives will be changed, Father God, that we will desire, Father, to know you better, that we will desire, mighty God, to come closer to you, Father, that we would desire to live lives that are pleasing unto you, O oh God. I pray, mighty God, that as she spent the time, Father, and she's listened to you and she ministers to us, Father, as she pours out into us, Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will fill her up again, O oh God. And I ask, Lord, that you will, Father God, that you will be concerned and that you will intervene, mighty God, in all the things that concern her. I pray, mighty God, that she will know, Father, without the shadow of a doubt, Lord, that you are for her, that you are with her, that, Father God, wherever she goes, mighty God, you're always with her. I pray, mighty God, that 
Father, that you continue to be faithful to the end, oh God, and that, Lord, that you will provide for her, mighty God, people who will help her, Father, who will lift her hands up, mighty God, who will support her, Father God, because I know, Lord, that the work is plenty, that the work can be overwhelming, oh God. So I pray, Father, for helpers, for Pastor God, as she continues to do your service, God, and as she continues, Father, to minister to your people. Father, we thank you for her life, oh God. And we pray, Father God, that you, Father God, that your blessings will be poured upon her generously and liberally, oh God. We thank you, God, and we give you all praise and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Tamar, for that prayer. Thank you so much. Can you see this? Can you see my screen? I'm showing. Can you see my screen? So yes. I I'm hoping that you have your emblems with you, your cracker, your bread, your wine, your grape juice, your whatever you're taking for communion this morning. And I'll give you a minute to get it if you don't. I watched a video recommended to me by my friend, Reverend Bolt. And in watching it, I cannot help but sharing it. I don't want to keep the information to myself. I want all of you to benefit from it. And so instead of sharing, preparing to share communion this morning, I just want us to watch this video and 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 do step by step, follow the instructions step by step, and then we will come back together. So I am going I'm going to start the video now and I'm just praying that you'll be ready to move and to act accordingly to the to the video. And the Bible tells us that the early church was sick. Many were falling asleep before their time. I kind of wish they didn't say many for one singular reason, not discerning the Lord's body. And that's why I endeavor that every Sunday we have communion. And especially when we come to the bread, that's neglected all over the world. Many mainstream churches that partake, if they do partake, they focus more on the cup. But the Bible says it's not discerning the body that's causing the problem. Why are there two elements? When the blood is taken from the body, there's death. The Lord's Supper is not about his resurrection. It's about his death. It's proclaiming the Lord's death till he comes. Amen. So why the two elements? Well, friend, by his stripes, your cancer died. By his stripes, your blood pressure is normalized. By his stripes, all the blockage in your arteries are cleared. By his stripes, you have brand new kidneys. By his stripes, your youth is renewed like the eagles. So God puts a premium in what you eat. Let's eat the food of the champions.
By your strength. By your strength. By your strength. By your strength. I am healed. I am Make every week Yes. My youth and strength is renewed. Like the eagles. My body is restored. To that of a young man. A young woman. By your strength. Through your grace. I will live to be 120. My eyes not dim. My strength not abated. Completely strong. from God, if you come trusting the work of His Son, the blood that has been shed, God has a righteous foundation to heal your body. Amen. Amen. And God wants you well. I said God wants you well. Amen. Amen. And the righteous foundation is this. Jesus took the cup and said, this blood of the new covenant, this cup is the blood of the new covenant. For the forgiveness, the sending away remission of sins. In other words, when you drink this cup, you must not drink conscious of your sins still in your body, but you must drink a consciousness that it is sent away. Like the scapegoat carries away your sin, right is taken away your sins. Drink. I pray that you are, you are blessed as I was blessed. When I was first introduced to that video by Reverend Bolt, I was told by him I need to have communion every morning. And I went and I got the video. But every time I watch it, it is as if I'm watching it for the first time. Every time I see it, it does something to me. And if you, if you so desire to have that video, I can send it out. Or Sister Karen or someone can just put it in the chat for me. 
Oh God, thank you, Father, that your blood makes me whole. When I saw him mentioning about our youth renewed like an eagle, I remember a friend of mine who prays constantly that she will constantly be young, that her youth will be renewed as an eagle. And I said, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you have done for us, Father. Thank you for the shed blood. Thank you for your body that was broken. Thank you that hypertension, diabetes, cholesterol. Thank you for heart disease. Thank you, Father God, that kidney trouble. Thank you, God, that the pancreas is healed. Thank you, Father, for the, for the, for the clocks in the veins, God, that even now they are breaking up. Thank you, Father, God, for, the, for this, the things happening in our minds, in our brains, God. Thank you that your hand is upon us, God, and everything is normalizing right now, God. Thank you for the work that you have done, Father God, for us mentally and physically and spiritually, God. Thank you, Father, that as we eat and as we drink, Father, of the emblem that represents your body, we know, Father, that healing is ours. We know, Father God, that strength is ours. We know, Father God, that forgiveness is ours. And we give you thanks, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I am excited. And I hope you are just as excited as I am. I get an opportunity again to have a sleepless night. Not many times we get to have a sleepless night. Not many times we get to, to stay up, not to wrestling, not to, to toss to and fro in the bed, but to be up doing work and to be crying out and to be before the Father. Not many times do we have that privilege of just being in his presence. And so today, I got an opportunity this week again to seek his face, to hear that which he would want to share with his children. And this morning, I have the privilege of sharing what the Lord has placed on my heart. And the topic of my message is set apart to be the answer. The irony of it is this is my third topic choice. Sister Tashina and Laveran bore the blunt of it as I kept changing the title or the topic of the message. I kept changing, changing, changing because it's forever so, for, for, for the deeper I went to the scripture, the topic just kept changing. It start moving like a, 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 a target. It just kept moving. But I said to her last night, this is it. This is it. I am done. And so as I'm I will repeat the topic of my message today is set apart to be the answer. And so the question that came to my mind to share with you or to ask you this morning are, what is the burden on your heart this morning? Put it in a chat. I'm going to give you a minute 
write in the chat, what is the burden on your heart this morning? What is the concern on your heart this morning? Is it something about you? Is that something about a family? Is it something about the world? Is it something about, just write it, write it. Write it in your chat. Don't be afraid to write in the chat what your concerns are. I won't be seeing them now anyway. So go ahead and write them. I won't be stopping to look at what they are. So go ahead and write them. Be bold, write them. What are your concerns this morning? Then I would say to you, what other concerns are there other than you? What are the other concerns on your heart other than you? Other than your bills? Other than your health? Other than your job? Other than your friendships? Your... What are the concerns? What pain and suffering have you noticed around the world that concerns you this morning? Are you concerned about what's happening in Afghanistan? Are you concerned that the COVID, they are now saying that the COVID vaccination, they are affecting people's heart? That Moderna and, and, and um, what's the other one, Pfizer in particular? Is that your concern this morning? Are you concerned that Russia is going into Ukraine? What are you concerned? Are you concerned that Donald Trump is, is setting up to run again as president? What are you concerned this morning? The text that I will be looking at this morning is Acts 13 verses 1 to 3. Acts 13 verses 1 to 3. And I will read from the New International, New Living Translation, sorry. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Ban and, and then Luke lists the prophets and teachers. He lists Barnabas, Simeon called Niger or Nigger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manahen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. I will repeat the topic of my message today. Set apart to be the answer. And the text Acts 13 verses 1 to 3. So we have been looking at the book of Acts as a church. And you will notice as you read that the, that the book of Acts is divided into two parts. Chapters 1 to 12 records Peter's ministry. And chapter 13 to 28 records Paul's ministry. In the first part of the book, Luke tells Theophilus, who he says, in my book, Theophilus, so you recognize that he was contracted by Theophilus to write the book, but he was also writing to believers. And he says, he speaks about the rapid growth of the church and how the gospel is spreading in the world. Up to this time, Peter had the 
integral role of sharing the gospel along with James and John. The gospel had spread from the church in Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria. So we see in the first part, it is all about Peter. Peter had the integral role. We saw him having James and he had John who assisted him. The church was in Jerusalem and after being persecuted, they, they scattered to Judea and Samaria. Now we are at chapter 13. And last week we did first Peter, Peter 1 to 5, Reverend Bolt the week before did first Peter 1 to 2. Because at that point, we were saying this was the end of Peter. There, this is the end of Peter, the mention of Peter in the book of Acts. So we wanted to look at the, what he is other influence. What was Peter doing after Luke stopped writing about him? And we saw that he was writing. He was out in Asia. He was in Bithynia. He was in, in, in Cappadocia. He was up. He was in Pontius. He was out there still ministering. Peter did not go dormant. Then Peter didn't backslide. He was still working for God. In Acts 13, verse 1 that I just read, Luke uses the word now. And that is one of the things I've learned to do, that every word in scripture is there for a reason. Peter, Luke uses the word now to shift the focus from, it, from Peter and the interest of the Jerusalem church to Paul and now the Antioch church. I'm going to repeat. The now states at the end of the beginning of chapter 13, Luke says now. And what Luke was saying is that now at this point where I'm going to write, I am finished with Peter. I am finished writing about the Jerusalem church. I am now going to write about Paul. I am now going to write about the Antioch church. So Luke introduces five men, and, and as you study their names, you'll recognize that they are from various ethnic backgrounds in the Antioch church. There is Barnabas, as I mentioned his name before, Simeon, Lucius, Manahin, and Saul. They were worshiping, fasting, and praying together. Luke tells us that these men were prophets and they were teachers who were ministering before the Lord. But Luke did not tell us the reason they were praying. He said they were praying and they were fasting and they were worshiping before the Lord. They were ministering before the Lord. Therefore, it is safe for me to assume that they were praying and fasting about a problem that was burning their hearts. And they were seeking the Lord about a solution to the problem. They were praying. They were fasting. They were worshiping. As they ministered to the Lord, the Holy Spirit responded to their prayer. Set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Paul and Barnabas were singled out to be the answer to their prayers. I'm going to pause there. When you and I pray, we pray every day. It may not because of anything of great concern. But when you and I seek the Lord and pray, it's not our everyday concern. It's now about something that is important, something, a concern that is burdening your heart. We don't normally just pray fast every day. 
We normally have, a, have, have something that, that we say, God, we're going before the Lord with this because this is burdening me. This is burdensome. And that was what was happening to Peter, to sorry, to Paul, Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, and Manahin. They were worshiping and they were praying and they were fasting about something that they could not just fix. And they needed a solution from God. So as they prayed, we recognize the Holy Spirit says, set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. This is often how God moves. He sends the people whose hearts are burdened and have prayed to be the answer. I'm going to repeat. God normally sends the people whose hearts are burdened and have prayed to be the answer. And I would dare to say to you today, the burdens that you just wrote on or in the chat, God may be saying to you today, you are the answer to that prayer. You are the answer to that burden. Let us look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah heard that the exiles who survived, survived um, coming, who came out of exile and returned to Jerusalem, that they went home. He heard that they were defenseless because there was no wall around the city and they were unprotected. Jeremiah, sorry, Nehemiah didn't just hear and didn't pay any attention. Like sometimes you and I hear what's happening around the world and we say, oh, that's what's really happening. And then we move on to the next thing. Nehemiah didn't look at it that way. Nehemiah heard and Nehemiah's heart was burdened. God had burdened Nehemiah's heart and he could not shake it. Uh, have you ever had a problem where if you get up in the night to go to the bathroom and the problem is there? You're going to your bed at night and the problem is there. Every turn you turn, the problem is there. You can't shake it. That was what was happening to Nehemiah. He couldn't shake the problem. Nehemiah didn't just think about the problem. Actually, maybe the person who told Nehemiah about what was happening, he knew and he was maybe less concerned than Nehemiah was. Or maybe he was just as concerned. The scripture didn't tell us. But let us assume that he wasn't as concerned as Nehemiah was. So when Nehemiah heard, he didn't just hear and said, oh, I'm so sorry for those who were in exile that, has that the persons who are returned home. Nehemiah went before the Lord and he mourned. He fasted and he prayed. He could have just cried because sometimes we hear about problems and we just cry and we say, oh my, I am moved to tears. I am moved to tears many times, but not moved sometimes enough to, to be the solution. Nehemiah fasted and Nehemiah prayed. He took his burden before the Lord. He prayed that God would give him the opportunity to do something about it. Prior, the, the, the concerns, the burden that you have written about in the chat, have you asked the Lord to give you the opportunity to do something about it? Or are you just weeping and praying and fasting? Nehemiah prayed that God would give him success and grant him favor 
in the presence of the king, Nehemiah 1, verse 11. Nehemiah was also afraid. Like you and I, Nehemiah was afraid to speak to the king, but he did not allow his fear to hinder him from being the answer to his prayer. He sought the king's permission to rebuild the wall around the city, Nehemiah 1. The king granted Nehemiah permission to go and he gave him the resources he needed. Nehemiah arose in the night and he took a few men with him, but Nehemiah was wise. He did not tell anyone about the plans God had put in his heart for Jerusalem. So when I say to you that the burden on your heart, that I'm not talking about the burden about yourself because all of us are burdened about ourselves. We are burdened about our bills. We are burdened about our health. We are burdened about all the different things. The burden that was on Nehemiah's heart, Nehemiah recognized that it was God who had put the burden for Jerusalem on his heart. Why Nehemiah out of anybody else? The burden on Nehemiah's heart had circumvented every other concern in his life. There was nothing as important to Nehemiah as the wall that, of, for Jerusalem. And he was able to build and dedicate, it, dedicate the wall despite the opposition. So Nehemiah couldn't, as I said, he couldn't shake it. He couldn't shake it. He went in the presence of the king because he was the king's cupbearer. And the king saw him and the king said, but Nehemiah, you are not sick. Why are you sad? His heart was burdened and he could no longer keep it silent. His heart was burdened and he could not hide, no longer hide his emotion. Are you just as burdened or burdened about the problem you wrote in the chat? That you keep going before the Lord. Lord, give me an opportunity. Give me an opportunity to be the answer to that burden. Open the door so that I can speak. Open the door so that I can go. Open the door so that I can. And so I go back again to ask you. You may want to recondition, reconsider what you wrote in the chat. What burdens your heart? Is it a burden for NLH? In terms of what God is doing for NLH or what God wants to do for NLH or what God can do better in NLH? Is it a burden for the world? Is it a burden for lost souls, for the homeless, for children, for the injustices in our system, for women, for men, for poverty, for the disenfranchised? What burdens your heart this morning? Have you, like Paul and Barnabas, taken it to the Lord? Have you ever wondered why you are burdened with the things you are burdened with? Is it that God has burned your heart and is calling you? You put your name in it. You that, 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 that. Fill in the blanks to be the answer. Or do you believe that the burden on your heart is for someone else to accomplish? When God is ready to do something significant, he shares his cares with someone else or with someone. Amos 3.7 says, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing 
until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. Would you agree this morning that you are a servant of God? Would you agree that you are the prophet of God? You are the priest of God? And that you may just be the answer to the problem that is burdening your heart? Have you ever noticed the actions of a backseat driver? Or have you ever been a backseat driver? What a backseat driver does, the backseat driver sits in the back and gives the directions or criticizes what the driver is doing. Isn't that a fair statement? The backseat driver knows exactly where we're going, knows how to get there, knows when to turn, what lane to move over, when to stop at the stoplight, the backseat driver knows everything. But the backseat driver does not want to take the full responsibility of driving. So what he does or she does, sits in the back and gives instructions. Sits in the back and criticize what is not being done. Is that what you are doing as God burdens your heart? You look around at those who are not doing what they're supposed to do because God is, and actually because God has called you. You think about those, how could people sit and, and watch children being, be, 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 being raped? How could people sit and watch people, children being sold into slavery? How could people sit and watch the homeless? Are you a backseat driver? God has no use for backseat back drivers. He typically sets people apart and sends them and gives them the burden to do the work of driving. God typically sets and sends the person he has given the burden to do the work of driving. So, what burdens your heart this morning? Are you looking around at the broken systems and wondering why, why, why isn't the government rising up to do something about it? Why aren't you fixing it, Anne? Tamar, why aren't you fixing the problem that you see operating in Texas? And we all have persons that we look to. Why are you not fixing the problem? Because that's what a backseat driver does. Sees the problem, knows the solution, but refuses to take full responsibility of being the driver. As God's chosen instrument, Paul was singled out and exclusively set apart to become the answer to his prayer. Nehemiah was singled out and exclusively set apart to become the answer to what was burdening his heart. You, this morning, Rifa, you are singled out, Karen, you are singled out, Tashina. Ruth, Donald, you are singled out. Ashley, you are singled out to be the ex to exclusively and exclusively set apart to become the answer to that which burdens your heart this morning. What is burdening your heart?
Think about it because the more we ask the question, is the more I want you to see that God has called you to be the solution. Then we, we recognize that Paul and Barnabas were set apart for a specific mission. What looked like a worship session was a selection process for a specific mission. If you were on the outside watching these men worship, you'd have said, oh, it's worship time. They, they are worshiping the Lord. But what was happening from the heaven's perspective that these men were in a process of being selected for the mission, for the work that God wanted them to do. Persons were burdened. All five of them would have been burdened. Yet God set apart, not the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit set apart only two. Although five men ministered, God had set apart only Paul and Barnabas. Paul's burden for the Gentiles was not happenstance. He was set apart from birth for this work. According to Acts 9.15, Paul was God's chosen instrument to carry his name before the Gentiles and their kings and the people of Israel. Paul in Romans 1 tells us that he was a servant of Christ Jesus and he was called to be an apostle and he was set apart for the gospel of, of, of God. In Galatians, Paul tells us that he was set apart from birth. Could I say the same thing for you? That Ruth, you were set apart for later. Donald, you were set apart for the next five months. Sean, you were set apart to be here this morning for whatever the Lord has called you to do. Anika, Angela, Winsome, Cheryl, you were set apart for a time like this. And so you may be listening and you may ask, what does it mean to be set apart? And as my friend Cheryl would say, why, how, where, what? To be set apart is to be consecrated. Reverend Bowl told us that to be holy as he is holy. It is to be dedicated, it is to be chosen, it is to be devoted. It is to be reserved and separate, separated and marked off by boundaries of limits for someone or for a purpose. Ruth is set apart for Donald and Donald is set apart for Ruth. The Holy Spirit had directly communicated with the men that he had marked Paul and Barnabas as his, for he, for, he said, set, up, set apart Paul and Barnabas for me. And then he says, for a specific work. There's only three times recorded in scripture where the Holy Spirit communicated with the apostles. In Acts 13, verse 2, we just saw it, where the Holy Spirit said, set apart Paul and Barnabas. In Acts 16, verses 6 to 8, we see where the Holy Spirit kept Paul from preaching the word in Asia. And in Acts 20, verses 22 to 23, we see Paul said the Holy Spirit compelled him 
and to and warn him that in every city that he got prison and hardship was gonna he was gonna be facing prison and hardship paul and barnabas were exclusively gods they were set apart for no other purpose but for the specific mission god had for them God would provide the resources they needed to accomplish this specific mission. Because God does not call you and I. He does not burden you and I to go or to do anything that he will not or has not already provided. We saw that with Nehemiah. God was responsible for building his kingdom. And he chose persons specifically for what he wanted to do. God was responsible, or I'm going to, in your mic, God is responsible for building his kingdom. And when he chooses you, and when he chooses me, it's because he's saying, I have created you, I have designed you, I have made you, I have selected you, I have set you apart for this specific purpose. Now what he says to Barnabas and, 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 and Paul, set apart yourselves as vessels for me. Set apart yourself for my needs, for my causes and not your own. They were to be totally devoted and committed to being exclusively God's. Whitney Houston sang this song, I'm saving all my love for you. She speaks of a woman who is committed or committing total devotion to a lover who first and foremost is not hers. A lover who does not have the time to spend with her and she promises to be exclusively his and to focus more on him than on herself. And she says, a few stolen moments is all that we share. You've got your family and they need you there. Though I've tried to resist being last on your list. Then, she, then listen to the bombshell, she says. But no other man's gonna do. So I'm saving all my love for you. This was a woman who said, this man is not my own. He has another family, but I am saving all my love because there is no other man can do. Will you be able to say this morning, God, I'm saving all my love for you because nobody else will do. Whitney Houston didn't even understand that how can you give yourself totally to something or to someone who cannot give themselves totally to you? And she said, no other man. She wouldn't even check out to see, could another little one foot man out there that I could try? Could another one man, one teeth man out there where I could try would give me all of himself? She said, no, no other man can do but you, Mr. Married Man. And so because of that, I am going to focus my attention. Whatever concerns you are going to concern me. I am going to sit. And she continues in the other verses. I am going to sit and wait knowing that only the little time that you have for me, I will get. And I'll be satisfied because I'm saving all of what I have for you. 
There are many needs in the world, but God has not burdened everyone with every need. He has set you apart for a specific mission, one that burdens your heart that has nothing to do with you, nothing to do with your cause, nothing to do with you as a person. A couple of years ago, I would be disturbed when persons share their burdens with me and I felt nothing. And there are times I felt heartless and there are times where persons felt like I, I lacked compassion and I was indifferent. And the truth is maybe I was. But what I've learned from God through this is that not every situation that he burdens you with, he's gonna burden me with and vice versa. Not every burden that he gives me is gonna give you. And yes, there's a point where we need to be compassionate. Yes, there's a point where we need to ask for a compassionate heart. However, the burden that God has given you is not my burden. And the burden that he has given me is not your burden. But as humans, what do we want? We want whatever burdens me to burden you. And whatever burdens you to burden me. And then we fall in the trap of feeling as if we can't measure up because I'm not feeling what you're feeling and you are not feeling what I'm feeling. But God is saying, when I single you out, I have a specific mission for you. When I single you out, I have a work, a task that only you can do. And no matter who else come and try to do it, it will not be done the same way. Donald Bolt has a, a, a specific mission for lost souls. And I would laugh many times that a Donald can preach about Jesus walk on the water and all he can see Jesus walk on the water to save souls. Donald can see Jesus said, eat to Adam and Eve, everything is yours. And Donald can see Jesus tell him to eat so that they can save souls. That is his burden. That is what God has designed him to do. Will you and I have the same passion for lost soul that Donald has? Maybe no. But God is saying to you and I this morning, where I have planted you, bloom there. What I've called you to do, do that. What is burdening your heart this morning is what God has called you to do. God had singled out Nehemiah with a burden of the wall. Nehemiah prayed about his burden and he gave, he gave it to God. He gave, went to God and he not only prayed, he fasted because he wanted a desperate response from God. He needed a solution for the exiles who returned. And he knew that God had the answer. What have you been doing with your burden? Have you just been talking about it? And doing nothing else? Have you prayed and fasted? No, I'm just repeating myself because I want you to think about it. The king would provide everything God wanted him to provide for Nehemiah. God has the resources that you and I need to go and do that which he has called us to do. And even though the oppositions will come, because there will be people who do not understand what God has called you to do, and they will question your motive. Are you sure? Did you hear? It sounds stupid. It sounds foolish. The Sambalats are there who, who will oppose the work that God calls you to do. 
But despite the opposition, Nehemiah knew that he had the bucketing of heaven. Nehemiah knew that God was there with him. And we can see as you read from Acts 13 onward, you're going to see so many opposition that Paul faced. And you can see them in the Corinthians, you can see them in Philippians, he's in prison. And he's say, telling to the to the to his readers, rejoice. Are you gonna have opposition when you respond to what burns your heart? Of course, they're gonna be opposition. Laverne told us this morning. She told us, she says we in first Peter 5, 8 to 9, she says we are to resist the enemy. Stay, she says, be alert, he's coming. But you know, one of the ways that the enemy also works, he allows you to see the situations and do nothing about it. It's as if he nullifies us. He cripples us. He has us thinking and talking about things that we are doing nothing about. We are not fasting about it. We are not saying to God, God, here I am. I may be the solution, God. I am available. Send me to Afghanistan, Lord, and send me. Send me. You are burdened for a reason. You are set apart for a reason. When I think about the people who got COVID and died, and I recognize that I got COVID and I'm still alive, why would God have had me alive as opposed to my good, 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 good friend, Avril, died? Why would I be alive and Avril dead? Because there's something God is saying that your work is not finished. Why did you not contract COVID and die? Why didn't you die like your friend or the family member or the neighbor or somebody that you knew that died? Why are you still alive? Because God is saying that there's still a burden on your heart that needs to be accomplished. The work needs to be done. And I have set you apart for a reason. There is a mission with your name on it. And so this morning, God says to NLH, set apart Ruth for this evening. Set apart Anne. Set apart Karen. Set apart Laverne. Set apart Tashina. Set apart Tamar. Set apart Rifa. Set apart Onika, set apart Jordan and Sherelle, set apart Sean, set apart Angela and Larry for the work I have called them to do. There is a specific mission with your name on it. What is it that is burdening your heart or your hearts this morning? If you are willing to be used as the answer, you can say to your father, yes. But if you're unwilling to be used as the answer, it makes no sense you pray. Unless you can say, God, here I am, send me. It makes no sense to pray. Because what it does is that you're offering yourself to God as a solution. He may choose you the way he chose Paul and Barnabas, as well as he may not choose it the way he did not choose Simeon and Lucius and Manahim. 
But even them, there was something specifically for them to do, but just not that. This morning, I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen of NLH, you are singled out. You are exclusively set apart to be the answer. And the fact that you are burdened this morning with something God is saying, you are set apart to be the answer. You are selective to, selected to be the answer. The answer resides in you because I cannot do it the way Anne does it. I cannot do it the way you do it, Karen. I cannot do it. I can't even pray the way you guys pray. Because I've heard your prayer and I've heard the intensity of your prayer. And God is saying, I have moved upon your heart for such a time as this. Ruth, when you go to those women this evening, God has singled you out. You notice none of us else going to preach, but you for a reason. God chose you, Ruth Bolt, for a reason. And he's saying to you, when you go, Ruth, speak and call forth those women as he has empowered you and singled, out, singled you out to do. There's a burden on your heart. Do not keep it silent. Do not allow fear and shame to keep you silent. Open your mouth and speak as the Lord has empowered you to speak. So I say to you, my friends, my sisters, my brothers, you are selected. You are burdened for a purpose. The answer is in you. There's a mission waiting with your names on it. That can never be accomplished by nobody else. Cannot be accomplished the way you do it. Because you bring your personality. You bring your talents. You bring your gifts. And when you put all of that together. It comes out looking differently than when I do it. And that is what one of the benefits of here, being here in NLH. We hear different speakers each week. And each week we walk away saying that the messages were good. Why? Because God took Laverne's personality. He took Laverne's background. He took Laverne's gift. And he spin it around. And he gives us and he said, here, you, Laverne, may be able to do rum and raisin. Ruth may be able to do peach. And Anne may do sour sap ice cream. Tamara may do stout and beer ice cream. But at the end of the day, it is still ice cream. And we are benefiting from the different flavors that all of us bring each Sunday and each week. But I'm saying to you, let us take it a little further than on the platform. Let us take it to the areas where you are burdened. Sean, you are set apart for such a time as this. It's time, Sean, and I'm calling you for it, Sean. Angela, you are set apart for a time as this. It's time, Angela, to arise. The world is waiting for what is inside of Sean and inside of Angela and inside of Jordan and Cheryl. The world is waiting, Onika. And so I say to you, my sisters and my brother, I'm just repeating myself for emphasis. You are singled out. You are set apart. You are exclusively God's. And he does not want a backseat driver. So don't save your love 
for someone who can't give you all their love. Be devoted to the one who gives you his all. Stop driving from the back and directing the driver. Stop telling the driver what to do and how to do it and which lane to turn and when to stop. Go through the yellow light. You can make it. Take the responsibility of sitting in a driver's seat and let and allow God to direct you. You are set apart for a time as this. We saw it in Esther. Esther was set apart. Mordecai said, you are set apart for a time as this. It's not for your beautiful looks, Esther, why you got to be in the king's, to be the king's wife. It's not because there was no other queen God could have chosen, but he chose you because you are set apart for a time as this. You were chosen for now. Ruth, you think it's because Donald, God couldn't find another wife for Donald, or Donald, you think it's because God couldn't find another husband for Ruth. But he placed you guys together because he has called you to ministry together. You are set apart as a couple for a time as this. Do not sit in the back. Do not only talk about what's happening. Do not only pray about what is happening. Offer the burden to the Lord. And offer yourself as a solution. After this morning, it is my privilege at this time to present my brother, Donald Bolt, to the turn on your camera, sir, to present my brother, Donald Bolt, before NLH this morning. We believe as a church, and we believe that the Lord has called Reverend Bolt to oversee New Life Horizon Church for the, for the next five months, at least for the next five months. We believe that it comes at the time that he gave him a beautiful wife, one who would come beside him and pray, one who would war and pray, one who would come beside him and be the secretary to be the, not, not, but to be the helper. And then when I say the helper, you know, I think about the role of the Holy Spirit because that is what the Holy Spirit does. He comes alongside and he helps, not in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a minimal role, but in a very positive role. She comes and compliments him. And so this morning, I am presenting to NLH Church, Donald Bolt and Ruth Bolt. They are coming to lead NLH together. And we are trusting that God has set them apart for a, Donald. When Donald called me this morning and said, I won't be at church next week because it was, the plan was to do it next week to, to present him to the church, to present Ruth and Donald to the church next week. And Donald called me this morning and said, I won't be able to be there next week because I have another function. I, was, I went into the bathroom and I said, God, no, I understand why I struggled with this message so much. Because you are lining it up to say to Donald Bolt, Donald Bolt, you are set apart for a time as this. Stop being the backseat driver. God has gifted you. 
He has burdened you for lost souls. And he has now given you and handed over to you, Donald Bolt. And he's saying to you, my son, I have called you. I have set you apart. You are exclusively mine for such a time as this. You are set apart to be the answer to the prayers you have been praying. Every prayer you have been praying, Ruth, and even though that you refuse to pray, now is a chance to pray. Because your husband is going to need all the help that he needs. Because Laverne reminded us this morning that my sister, you have to be alert. Because the enemy comes and he comes roaring. And so this morning, I ask you, church, just stretch out your hand with me this morning over, over the bolts. Bolts, I ask you to lift your hand in surrender and submission to the Lord. And I'm going to ask my mother to pray. And I'm going to ask Karen to pray. And I'm going to ask Cheryl, if you can, you don't have to turn your face on, but you can open your mic and pray. I'm going to ask you to cover them this morning. Cover them this morning because they have said yes. They have said yes, Jesus. Yes to your will. Yes, Jesus, to your way. Lord, you have called and I will obey. Where your spirit leads, God, I will go. They have said yes. When Paul and Barnabas said yes, they did not know what the task entailed. They did not know where they were going to go. They did not know the obstacles they would face. But they said yes. And this morning we are mindful that Donald and Ruth do not know what they have said yes to. But we are mindful that Laverne says the roaring lion is out there and they need to be alert. And we are promising, we are standing beside them this morning. And we are saying to them, Donald and, and Ruth, we are standing beside you this morning as you said yes to the Lord. So Father... Father, 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 as they said yes to you, Father, thank you that you have removed them from the back seat. And you have told them, you have called them now in this season of their lives, for whatever the reason, for whatever the season, for whatever the task, you have said to them, you are now the drivers of any lineage. Where you steer, the church will go. Where you lead, the church will go. The responsibility is now yours. All that you thought that NLH should be and could be, you now have the opportunity. All that you thought that NLH is not accomplishing, you now have the opportunity to do. And so, Father, as I commend them before you, as I present them before you, Lord Jesus, I hear you say, Holy Spirit, set apart Donald and Ruth. And so, Father, I commend them into your hands this morning. I commend them into your hands this morning. Father, have your own way in their lives, God. Move upon them, we pray, God. Thank you that, God, every resource they need, you have already provided. That they do not have to worry. 
They do not have to be concerned and overly concerned. God, all they need to know, God, you give me one step at a time so that I may hear you and obey. Give them obedient hearts, God. Cause them not to want to run ahead of you. Cause them, Father God, to work in sync with you that God, when you speak, they hear and they obey. God, you know the plans that you have for NLH, God. And even as they lead, Father God, in the next five months, Father, I pray that Holy Spirit, you will be their guide. So Spirit, lead them where there are no borders. Take them beyond the place where in their limited minds, in their, in their myopic minds, that they have seen border, borders and limits. Take them beyond, God. Give them the, the, the ability to see the way you see. Cause them to, to come before you as Nehemiah went before you. Cause them to come before you as, as the five prophets and teachers came before you. Cause them to stay in your presence. God, God, God. Cause them to stay in your presence so that they can hear from you. So Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Ah, Father, we thank you. Thank you. Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for the direction, God, that you're taking in image. Father, I thank you, God, for Pastor Eva, Lord. I thank you, God, that she's at a place, Lord Jesus, where her, where her ears are inclined to hear your voice, Father. I thank you, God, that she's at a place, God, of obedience, Lord, to respond to whatever it is you're saying, Father. And as Father God, she has done this this morning, Father. Lord, I cover Ruth and I cover Donald this morning. Father, I cover them under your blood. And Father, I pray this morning, God, in accordance with how your Holy Spirit is leading me, God, and I pray, Father, that the NLH body, Lord, will stand in support with our brother, will stand in support with his wife. Father, your word says, God, that's stumbling blocks will come it is inevitable but woe be to the ones through whom it comes father so i pray this morning god that none of us will be a stumbling block for the work that you have set them apart to do father i pray god that we'll commit ourselves lord jesus to stand with them in prayer to support them lord to be respectful god to honor them father god lord i pray lord jesus Father, that we, Lord God, will be the support that they need. Father, Lord, I didn't even I didn't even know this was happening when I prayed this morning, Father God, concerning the role that you have called us to. And I pray, God, that we will step up, Father God, and be effective in the roles that you have called us to as we stand with our, our brother and our sister. Father, I pray, God, for a spirit of boldness in Donald, God. Father, I pray, Lord, that he will step out, Lord, and do as he senses your Holy Spirit is leading him, Father. I pray, God, 
that he will be obedient to execute that which you have called him to do. And I pray, Father, that Ruth will be supportive, Father. Lord, I pray, God, that her ears too, Lord God, will be inclined, Father, to, to hear what it is you are saying, Father, as she stands in support of Donald. So I commend them to you this morning, Father. I commend the entire NLH body to you this morning. Lord, and I, I thank you for what it is you are doing. And I give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Brother Donald and Sister Ruth, I have prayed for you for so long. Sometimes I don't even understand why I'm praying. But I remember we have had some talks and I've spoken to you earnestly from my heart. Sometimes I can be a little bit too vocal, but I usually give my heart. And Donald and Ruth, you know, the Holy Spirit couldn't have chosen two better people. And NLH has been a topic or a church or a situation or a, that I have spent, I think I probably learned to pray because I've had NLH on my mind all the time. And so Donald and um, Ruth, what I have to say to you is simply this, simple, very simple, because the Holy Spirit has already spoken. And what can we say when the Holy Spirit has spoken? Yes, Lord, yes. I say yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your way, I say yes, Lord, yes. I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with your whole heart, you must agree, I say yes, I say yes, I say yes, Lord. And this afternoon in the presence of all these witnesses, I hand you over to the Holy Spirit that despite and in spite what may come, the word is, you have already said yes. And so the onus is on you to seek help only, only from where help is from. My help, my help comes. And so this morning, it is with a distinct honor and privilege that the Holy Spirit could not have chosen two better people to oversee NLH at this critical moment. And so I pledge support, call on me, 
you know where I stay and pray already, Ruth. I'll continue to stay right there and pray. And I won't always agree with you, but thank God that you are two people that I can disagree with. Some people I cannot disagree with them with a good conscience or sometimes I don't want to talk because I don't want to disagree, I don't want to get into trouble. But I can tell you both that I can disagree and I will not be right. But at least you know that you have my heart, you have my support. And I can say to you, God bless you. Welcome to NLH. And I will give you the same support that I have given my daughter. I don't know why she called me, you know. But I say yes, Lord, yes. So I join with you in saying, continue to say yes to NLH. In Jesus' name, I commend you to the Holy Spirit. Ride on, my brother and sister. Ride on the wings of the Holy Spirit. Be exalted. Because Christ have exalted you. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, blessed be the name of the Lord. Pastor asked me to pray. But I feel I just need to say something. As well. If you don't mind. Um, just to say this. I often wonder why. <laughs> I'm asked to do certain things. And prayer is one of them. Like in cases like now, in situations like this. But something I've learned, the Lord has taught me that when he appoints, he equips. And when you're called to do something in the Lord's name, it's never, never about me. It's always about him. And I share that to say, Ruth and Donald, let it never be about you. Very often in a situation like this, you'll come as a boy, I wonder what, what pastor would ever would do. I hope she you know, think this or whatever. I'm imploring in you, imploring you that it's not Pastor Eva who has called you for such a time as this, but it is the Lord. And so if there's any controversy or any doubt or any fear, go to him first. Consult with him first. You both know how to consult. It's not about Pastor Eva. Whenever, whenever anything comes up and you start to wonder if or whether you know you're in the wrong place and you ask the Lord to put you back in the center. It's all about him. And that's why I shared what I shared. So I get boldness every time when I remember it's not about me. It's about him. And he knows what to do with these broken vessels. He knows what to do with these incompetent, how we feel, our simplicity, our all the things that we feel about ourselves. And it's good to feel that way, 
because he is our all in all. When we know that we have to depend on him fully for everything. It also goes through therapy. I just want to say that God is just such a great web designer. The things he does, I'm sure, as you both look back on your lives and your, your journey up till this time with NLH, in and out or whatever, you'll say, God, you're not easy. How did you ever orchestrate this? It's just telling us how amazing our God is. So to God be the glory. Great things he has done. Father God, we love you. We love your daddy. We love you. And Father, as you pointed out today, this weekend, Lord Jesus, as you broke your word to my spirit, Father, that I cannot say I love you if I'm not willing to do what you ask me to do, to love your people and to do the things to please you. And the more I say I love you is the more I'm called upon to give of myself. And so, Father God, when you say move, Lord, ask us, Lord Jesus, to say how high, how fast, because yes, Lord, I will go. Lord, your servants have said yes to you, to your call. And so, Father God, we just want to bless them. I stretch my hand, Lord Jesus, to them, to Ruth, to Donald, your servants that you have appointed for such a time as this. And I say in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, the head of the church, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I bless you and I say, go forth and do as God leads you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The mic is open if the balls want to say something. Yeah. I don't know what to say. <laughs> because God is such an unpredictable God. Because I... I preach at two churches um, in, uh, based out of Florida, actually. And um, I was with the other one even before I started attending NLH. And, um, you know, we have a good relationship with them. And I thought at one point, I wanted to go to Florida so I could, you know, hook up with the minister and um, get the church really going. Um, so I thought maybe that's what the Lord wanted me to do, but then he, he, he switched it on me and he says, no, um, that's not my plan. My plan is to, um, take you here. And I said, Lord, if, if, if this is you, I know I'm in the right place. And so this morning he gave me a scripture from Joshua Chapter 1, verse 5, he says, As I was with Ava, I will be with you. Amen. Amen. I will not abandon you. I will be with you. I will not leave you. So, um, with that saying, 
As long as he's with me, I know everything is good. It's all good. I just have to make my vessel available to him to be used because he says it's his church. He will build his church. He didn't call me to build it. I will build my church. All I need you to do is to make your vessel available. And so I, I hold on to that and I will run with it. I looking forward to working with you guys and as one big family, because that's what we are, one big family. And we work together. And our ultimate goal, ultimate goal is to win souls for the kingdom. Because that's God's ultimate goal. So as long as we can keep that in mind, we can run and be victorious. Because he said, if you seek my interest first, mm -hmm. all that the Gentiles seek after, I will lay at your feet. But seek and to do what I love. And I will take care of the rest for you. So um, with that saying, I don't know if my wife want to say something at this point. Go ahead, honey. You're muted. Can't hear you. Are you hearing me now? Yes, yes. There, there just something with my speaker. I'm humbled. And I'm in awe of God. I keep on hearing, I keep on hearing him saying, Ruth, even before Pastor said this, that when I called you and told you to marry Donald, because God told me to marry him, I didn't choose him. I'm telling you, on this platform, God chose him. And that was from 20, 2020, we started talking, right? Yes, 2020, my friend Ava would remember. And he called me under a tree. And he said to me, your next husband is Donald Bolt. He didn't even know, well, he didn't know at the time. And I said, Lord, no, I'm not bargaining with the reverend. That's not me. That's not me. That's not me. And I wrestled with it. And God, I went back under the tree again. Some of you need to find a tree. And he said to me, I'm done with you. You're going into ministry. And I remember as pastor walked up in my wedding, and the song was, Spirit Leads Me. I said to him this morning, God, I'm unworthy. I do feel humbled. And I do hear my father in my ears as a pastor. That's the only thing I know about pastoring. And I've been, well, I'm on this platform, but I hear it in my ears saying, my earthly father and my heavenly father, go and do this. Be like Joshua. As I shared this morning, be not afraid, be courageous, because we think this is a, this is not a title. It's a work for, for uh, as a work of God. It's not to be called 
first lady or whatever, but it, it is a serious call. And I can't believe the God of this suddenly, everything is happening so suddenly, even this thing tonight. She called me from last year and I resisted it. I told Donald, I'm not ready to go preach no woman yet. I don't even. And I said to the Lord, Lord, if you want me to go and preach, because I'm like a Gideon. I said, I asked the Lord for, I asked the Lord, I asked him. And I said, Lord, I want somebody to call me and call the name Deborah. And three weeks ago, out of the blue, I've never spoken to this lady. She calls me and she said, Ruth, do you remember Deborah? Is a lady that I know is a mutual friend. And I said, God, you have a sense of humor. But I'm just saying this to say this, that we will, I will do my best as unto the Lord that he gets the glory. But when God calls you, as Sister Cheryl says, he will equip us. He will. And I'm asking you for your prayers because we're just a couple and we're miles away. And I wish I was next to my husband this morning. Because the two of us, I think because of his crying, I can cry now. Because he cried a lot, you know. He reminds me of my dad. But I don't mind. There are tears that God understands. However, I wish I was sitting next to him to wipe his tear and he would wipe mine. But it's a serious time and I wanted to pray for us because we haven't even married properly yet. It just happened last year. We are separate. We're in two different homes. It's not easy. But with God, all things are possible. I crave your prayers. I crave for you to pray for our relationship because the enemy, I don't even want to say it, but I'm going to say it is after marriages. And we have to stand as one. Because this is of God. It's not about us. Mm. Be open. If you see we have done something wrong, let me know. Because as Sister Reefa said, I do have a broad back. My husband is a little bit more sensitive. And God has put us together for a reason. And I do believe, as I just shared, it is his doing. And he did say ministry. It was confirmed with an apostle all the way from Africa. When he told me the same thing. You will get married. You're going into ministry. So when God says something, he doesn't go back on his word. He doesn't renege on his word. And I thank you, Pastor Ava and the board for seeing us fit for a task like this. But it's, it's, it's not something we should, we're going to take lightly. And I'm going to end because I tend to talk too much. But I'm humble and I just kept crying. And I heard the Lord saying, spirit leads me where my... Spirit, and you were singing it. I wish you could play that song. Where my trust is without borders, let me walk upon the waters. Wherever you would call me, take me deeper. When I first heard that song, I couldn't sing it. Because I knew within my heart I never meant it. But as I chose it for my wedding and as my sister was going up, it spoke to me and that Lord is saying, get ready, get ready. But I didn't know what he was doing. He's just pushing me right now. But I know all the glory belongs to him. And as I humble myself under his mighty hand, I'm asking you to pray for us like never before. Because we know the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God bless you all as you go to Kenya. I'll miss you. And we will be there too. As God leads, but in the right timing. I thank you. And I give him the glory and the honor. But Donald, you never cry too much. God bless you. Rub it off in Jesus' name.
my boy i am so overwhelmed right now but it's all good in such a good way this is such a wonderful great time for mlh so this is a, like a new chapter in the book of nlh welcome reverend donald bowles and welcome my sister ruth thank you thank you for being obedient thank you okay thank you for your obedience and we're here i want to add i we're here to support you in prayers and whatever it is that you need thank you for healing to the core 